0: Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Today's episode is going to be a warm and fuzzy kind of episode. It's getting chilly here in the city. I feel like the first breaths of fall kind of happening around these parts. I don't know about you guys, where you are in the world, but it's starting to get a little chilly here. And so I thought I would pull at your heartstrings a bit with today's episode. We go into kind of a A warm, fuzzy territory of subject matters, I guess, because I've been in need of some warmth recently. I actually stepped out this morning as I was going to the gym to work out with my trainer and I always do this. This has happened to me not once, but like three times now where I just assume it's going to be warm outside because it's been warm in recent months (laughs) So, I walk outside in a tank top and leggings, and then I'm immediately hit by the cold morning air. And I'm looking around and seeing everyone else in jackets and sweatshirts and sweaters and all that. And I'm like, wow, everyone's probably thinking this girl is nuts. It's not even that cold yet in the mornings. Like, it's definitely chilly, but it's going to get worse. Like, I know it's going to get freezing pretty soon. I'm going to need like a, a full on parka jacket for the gym, but. This morning, I felt kind of silly walking out in a tank top, even though it was only like, I don't know, 50 degrees or something. But it seems everyone around me has really embraced fall. Everyone here in New York is very much on the fall page, it seems like you look around and even on the hotter days recently, like... 80 degrees and muggy and gross. People are still wearing their like fall, like cute fall jackets and sweaters and whatever. And I'm like, are you guys okay? Like, are you sweating? Because I guess I'm just like a naturally, I run warm, I guess. My resting temperature is always pretty warm. So I'm always kind of hot. The other day, my dad classic dad thing, like calling me, asking me random questions. He's like, do you have a minute to chat? And I always think it's something really bad or scary. And my dad goes, so are you going to take your air conditioner unit out of the window when it gets cold? And I'm like, dad, (laughs) I wasn't even thinking about this. Like didn't even cross my mind yet to take out the air conditioner unit. And he's already asking me if I'm going to do it. And I was thinking back to previous years that I've lived in the city because I've had an air conditioner unit in nearly every apartment I've lived in just because they typically in New York, they don't have central air conditioning unless you are like super blessed. I have central heat in here, which is going to be great in the winter, but I have to use like fans and air conditioner units, whatever, which is pretty standard. So I was thinking back to like previous apartments I've been in and I'm like, wait a second, I never took my air conditioner unit out of the window. And I am pretty certain I used it all. Like I still used it in the winter, just like on a lower setting because I'm one of those people that needs to be cold when I sleep. And, you know, if you guys remember our episode on sleep and REM cycle and sleep myths and whatever, apparently your body loses the ability to like temperature control, when you're sleeping. So, and it won't necessarily wake you up if you're in REM sleep or something like that. So I wake up and I'm like profusely sweating. If I accidentally forget to put my air conditioner on at night and I put it on a sleep setting. So it is like kind of lower. It doesn't necessarily run for like eight hours because that'd be an insane waste of energy. It just kind of runs when the temperature gets to a certain point. Do you guys even care about this? I feel like you guys don't care about this, but anyway, okay. Long story short. Um, I'm not taking my air conditioner unit out. It's fall, basically, you know, it is fall, but it's feeling like fall here in the city, which is amazing, and it's getting kind of chilly. So, drum roll, please. We're gonna do a nice little warm, fuzzy episode. I'm going to actually share a bunch of marriage proposal stories, okay? And this is like, you're probably thinking, Katie, what the heck? You're not even close to being married. Why do you care about this stuff? Well, here's the reason. I was actually on Reddit as I typically am, especially on the day when Instagram was down, which I'm going to get into my feelings on that in a second here. I want to talk about that too. But on that day when Instagram was down, I was exploring all the other social platforms that I have at my disposal because I had like anxious twiddle fingers over it. I was like, I need to like, toggle into some app. I need to look at some sort of content that is entertaining. And so I went straight to Reddit and found a bunch of like different articles. I was like, this is super interesting. And one of them that I landed on that I'm like, this needs to be in the podcast. Like I need to somehow bring this up in a podcast episode because it's a little bit historic. It's from 2012 you know, the year that we thought the world was going to end, which is always funny to me. I feel like I should do a whole episode on that, like how the world collectively decided, or at least the United States. I feel like it definitely was one of those things that was a little bit widespread or a lot of it widespread. But if you guys remember in 2012, we thought the world was going to end because of the ancient Mayan calendar that had predicted other things. You know, if you guys remember this anyway, but this specific thing was from 2012. So it's in this thread on Reddit called Today I Learned. If you are a naturally curious person like me, you need to be in this like group. I don't know what it's called. Reddit like forum. It's a forum. So Today I Learned in 2012 as a Valentine's Day promotion, Pizza Hut offered a $10,010 proposal package that included $10 in pizza and breadsticks, limo service, a photographer, fireworks, and a ruby engagement ring. So all that for ten thousand ten dollars yeah, sponsored by <laughs> Pizza Hut. Like I was thinking to myself when I was reading this, I like out loud, just audibly laughed because I'm like, if I am proposed to in this way, I like, I don't know what I would say. I guess for some people that are like super pizza lovers, like maybe this was like the perfect thing or maybe like as like a, a joke sort of proposal. But I was thinking to myself, for no good reason at all. I was just thinking because obviously I'm not even dating anyone at the moment, but I was thinking, I'm like, if I were to be proposed to in this way, what would I say? (laughs) Cause likely it's going to be in like an apartment. Like there's no one around for me to like, it's going to be just me. If this is ever to happen, which I really sincerely hope it does not. Um, And I'll be like, Oh my God, a pizza and an engagement ring. I mean, maybe it's kind of cute to be honest with you. I've always said that I want a private proposal, someday down the road. And it's just kind of fun to think about it, honestly, like whatever. But my parents were proposed, or my my dad proposed to my mom, I guess, in their apartment. And I believe the only person slash thing around, pet around, was their golden retriever that they named Josh that passed away before I was born. So sad, but I believe, yeah, it just happened in the apartment. They my dad just got down on one knee. My mom is getting ready for a night out or something. And that's how it happened. I think they went to dinner maybe. Actually I think my dad told me they went to dinner, but he like choked and couldn't do it. But they were going out later that night. So they went back to the apartment after dinner. And that's when he did it. And then he'd planned this like epic engagement party afterwards. And they all went like my mom, all of her friends, family, etc, met up at this bar that my dad used to like manage at the time. And they had kind of met next door, like this little like cluster of bars is where my parents got to know each other. So it was really cute and like sentimental and whatever. But, you know, as much as I want, like an at-home proposal, I'm like, what if my proposal was sponsored by Pizza Hut? Like what if Pizza Hut, like with a ruby, I love that it's a ruby engagement ring. So it kind of matches like the pizza aesthetic. Very interesting um, factoid here. So I read that and I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? So naturally I dug up a lot of the most legendary marriage proposals that I could find on the internet from like celebrities, real life people. And I asked you guys for your stories and people that, you know, like their best proposal stories, because I thought it could just be a nice little warm, fuzzy story time episode for us. So we're going to get into that in a little while. I first just want to talk about this. I wasn't planning on talking about it when I was brainstorming this episode, but I'm now realizing after having multiple conversations about this just today, just this morning. I'm like, I think we need to like put this in an episode. I need to have this like down. So later on we can reflect on this. So Instagram was down. Facebook was down. WhatsApp was down. On what day was that? Monday. The most Monday, the Mondayest Monday to ever exist because I often, I mean, Instagram is my job, but I also go on there sometimes when I'm just feeling really overwhelmed in another area and I just want to mindless scroll and find things that will take my mind off of my challenges. And I was feeling particularly low on Monday, just like, very exhausted from the weekend having a lot of thoughts kind of like anxiety a little bit because i had a very stacked weekend and i just wanted to have like a peaceful chill moment on instagram just scrolling finding cute dog content you know things like that and it was one of those things where i was just refreshing refreshing nothing happened i thought it was just me i text my group chat and then we're all talking about it and hours and hours and hours go by i believe this was the longest outage I don't know the exact statistic but in like years it's been this is the longest Instagram Facebook outage that's happened in a while and I read the whole like thread that was posted afterwards by I think it was things you should know it's an Instagram account that I follow or shit you should know I forget what it's called but anyway I read the whole thing about why it happened and like the 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 horrors of servers and things like that which was super interesting but all that really made me think like Instagram being down, Facebook being down, like us having this weird sensation in our stomachs. Like, I really want to check Instagram. Like, how many times on that day did you guys open Instagram only for it to just be like nothing was there? I know some people said that for them, when they opened the app, it was just like the most recent photo they'd seen and they couldn't refresh and no photos were loading, like aside from one photo. For me, it was just a blank page. Like, I had a blank white page and I couldn't view anything. I couldn't view my messages. I couldn't view my stories, none of that. And since my job relies on social media to like do a lot of things, I was like, well, I guess it's like a snow day. It felt like a snow day for influencers, honestly.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's com.
0: Or a panic day if you had things that were supposed to go live and whatever. But for me, I was like, wait, this is kind of like a welcomed pause, like a little welcomed break. But then I had that like stomach anxiety bubbling where I was like, I want to check Instagram. It was very interesting, but it really did make me think about how many people rely on social media For a variety of things like if you felt like a deep pause and like breathing moment when instagram was down like does that mean that you have a problem (laughs) like or me so i actually looked up um social media addiction like the definition of social media addiction just to like throw in here so it's a behavioral addiction that is defined by being overly concerned about social media, driven by an uncontrollable urge to log on or use social media and devoting so much time and effort to social media that it impairs other important life areas. And I was thinking to myself up until the last sentence, I'm like, okay, I guess this is me. But then I got to the part where it was like, you know, it, it impairs other life areas. And I'm like, honestly, being on Instagram has been the best thing ever for my business, for my communication. Like I've been able to talk to so many of you guys, people that I otherwise would not cross paths with in this world. But it also is a source of stress because I feel There's just so much that I can do and I'm never doing enough in my mind. As an influencer, as someone that creates social content, I always, it's a a way that I can compare myself. And I know it's also one of those ways where you can compare yourself, like my body, my beauty, like how I look in things and with Facetune and all this stuff, like it's really led us down a path where like nothing, none of us feel good enough because of social media, but for me, it's productivity. I really get stressed about it in that way. Like I feel so many other people are posting all these things and like totally grinding and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, I literally do not know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants every day on social media. And it made me think a lot of things, made me feel a lot of feels. Okay. And it was one of those things where after like maybe the seventh time that I opened the app to try to figure out if it was going to be up or not, I gave up and it came down to when my friends Colby and Adam came over to podcast later that night that I was like, when Adam walked in the door, I was like, Oh my God, can you believe Instagram is still down? And he's like, Katie, it's been back up for like two hours. And I'm like, wait, what? I just like gave up. I stopped looking. I was kind of like, I moved on to a whole different task. I think I was researching stuff for a video or something, maybe even this podcast to be honest with you. And I wasn't even thinking about Instagram. And I'm like, when's the last time that I went a full like five hours without thinking about Instagram? (laughs) Is that is that an addiction? Does that uh, mark an addiction? I don't know. But honestly, I think that it taught a lot of us a lot of things, especially those of us who have Instagram at the forefront of our careers. It's almost kind of like a reminder that like Instagram is one of those things that could go away like there is a, always a possibility that it will go away. Like let's take Vine, for example, or a bunch of other apps that went away or are just no longer as popular for creating content. It made me think about Snapchat, actually. So a friend of mine works at Snapchat. So I, I always you know, give it a lot of respect because I have a close friend that works there and I love hearing about her experience working there and such. But truthfully, I... Used to be one of those people that would post on my Inst- my Snapchat stories every single day, like everything I did, very similar to how I post on my Instagram stories. And I remember the day that Instagram came out with stories, and I'm like, "This is so BS. They are copying Snapchat. Like, how dare they think they can just, you know, click copy paste into their app and like have this whole feature that was stolen." And I vowed that I would never post on Instagram stories and on Snapchat stories. I, you know, I just kept posting on there and like whatever. And I gathered quite like a little following over on there. And I just, I can't even tell you when the switch was made, but I, I now cannot remember the last time that I posted on Snapchat stories. And for those people that really, really rely, I mean, some people are still on there for sure. Like creators I'm talking about, not like you know, non-creators. I still use Snapchat heavily with my friends and stuff like that. And I have like a close friends story on there. But as far as like public stuff goes, I feel like Snapchat has kind of just fallen into the background. And I have to always remind myself that like, that's the stress of having a social media job is knowing that there's always going to be something next, like something else that I'm going to have to learn and adjust and like another update on Snapchat or, or, or not. Not Snapchat, Instagram, or something. There's going to be something else always. And you have to constantly just muster up the courage to learn something new. And in doing that, this is kind of a good takeaway for really anybody who's trying anything new or adjusting to the times, so to speak. It's having the courage to be bad at it at first. Like you're going to be bad at a lot of things at first. I look back on like my first ever tiktoks that i posted and i'm like these are just bad. My lips aren't even matching up with the sound. Like this is just not even anything anyone would care about. Like you're going to be not so great when you start. That's why i feel like that's what prohibits a lot of people from starting anything. It's you know because you you just you want to be an overnight success. You want to be one of those people that just nails it on the first try. And that's with literally anything new. Recently, I started doing social media consulting for some brands because a few months ago, or I guess maybe more like four or five months ago, I realized that I might not want to be in front of the camera forever. I might not want to be this influencer that's like front and center, you know, using my own voice and my own brand and whatever. I kind of want to help other people and get, you know, out of my element a bit because I've said this before it's like if you're not feeling challenged, that's your cue to try something different that will challenge you because you kind of gather up all of those learnings. And that, that is what growth is in my opinion. So I started doing social media consulting. And at first I was like very in over my head, very much like did not know how to strike a balance with it, was working like overtime on it, trying to make sure my clients were happy, worrying that they're going to, come at me with something. And, you know, I was just worried about criticism. I've never taken criticism super well, but I had this moment this morning when I was walking home from my workout where I was like, I finally feel like I have a hang on this. Like I was at the gym and I was doing like these kettlebell swings where you really have to hold on to this weight basically and like launch it above your head. And at first when I started doing those exercises, I just like could not hang on to the Kettlebell, like my grip wasn't very good and your grip just like obviously with anything, like it gets stronger with time, with repetition. And I was kind of mentally comparing my new endeavor in social consulting with kettlebell swings. I'm like, I finally feel like I can hold on to the weight and I'm not crumbling under the pressure. And it was a really proud moment for me. And I'm still learning, still you know, messing up all the time. It's about messing up with grace in the sense that you don't throw out excuses. You just own it. And that is social media job 101 kind of because you never know what's going to happen. You never know where you're going to fail. So anyway, that was like a little random tangent about Instagram and social media because I thought it was super irrelevant considering Monday's situation. So, okay. Let's switch gears entirely and talk about those proposal stories, because honestly, these things, they literally like warm my my cold heart, warm my cold heart this uh, this fall winter as we enter cuffing season. And I am so uncuffed. It's crazy. Uh, So I wanted to read these little stories to you guys and we can smile together. Okay guys, let's start with the rich and famous <laughs> some of these proposals that I found on this website. I'll link it for you guys if you guys want to read all of them. There's a bunch of good stories in here. So, George Clooney and Amal. I love their their love. It really inspires me although I know very little about it. Obviously, they're very private. But George Clooney's proposal to Amal turned into a romantic comedy of sorts when he couldn't get her to sit still long enough for him to pop the question. So when he finally caught Amal's attention, he instructed her to light a candle with a box of matches that was sitting right behind her. And she reaches around, pulls out the box, and he has this ring just sitting in the box. He said this to Ellen on her show, and he said, she pulls it out and she looks at me and she's like, it's a ring almost as if someone had just left it in there for some other reason, some other time, which I find to be so funny because that's totally going to be me. I'm so oblivious. Sometimes I feel like it's going to be no problem at all to, because I really want it to be a surprise. That is very much like, I don't want, I want to know generally it's going to happen soon, like feel comfortable in the relationship enough. And I feel, I kind of believe in this. I feel that you should kind of know it's coming eventually because that means you are willing to marry this person. You have confidence in the relationship. And so I feel like you should generally know it's going to happen like in the next year or something like that. I think that's how I want to feel at least, but I really don't want to know the exact day. I don't want to get stressed for my partner in their planning process because I hate when you kind of catch wind of a surprise and then it's just like stressful for you to pretend like you were surprised and you don't want them to be sad if you're not surprised, whatever. So I digress. I think I'm a pretty oblivious person though, in the sense that like I am so focused on certain things that I feel like if it was something super surprise worthy, like I would not know it's coming yeah. and I would probably pull in an a mall and just be like, wait, this is a ring. And he would be like, yes, this is a ring because I'm proposing to you. <laughs> okay, so another celebrity proposal. I am obsessed with Emmy Rossum. She's in Shameless. She's in a bunch of things. She's also a director. So she is currently married to this man named Sam Esmael, and he's the Mr. Robot director, a bunch of other things as well. So he proposed to Emmy and... It's kind of like a silly rom-com sort of tale. So he had their love story printed in a fake version of the New York Times modern love section, which if you guys have seen. They have a show now. Modern love is incredible. I love they have a second season out now, too, but they have written pieces in the New York Times. So apparently they read this together every weekend, which is the sweetest thing ever. I really hope that whoever I end up with likes to read And bonus points if they still read the paper. So they would read it together every weekend. But then when he asked Emmy to read it to him, like he made this fake version of the New York Times Modern Love with their love story printed in it. And he asked Emmy to read it to him. And she goes, I'm having a back spasm. I'm actually going to take a bath and have a glass of wine, but if you really want to hear it, I'll read it to you from the bathtub. Like she totally did not understand. This is the cutest friggin' proposal. Like You know, A for effort. And he must have been so bummed when she's like, nah, I'm going to do it in the bathtub. Like, imagine proposing to someone when they're in the bathtub. I mean, that might be like romantic and cute, but I would probably prefer to have clothes on. Anyway, so she was telling Vogue that when she realized what it was and that the proposal was happening, she somehow thought, well, the story can't be that I was in the tub when it happened. So I got out of the bathtub, wrapped in a towel, got cold, then got back in the bathtub because the stories are quite long. And then by the time I finished the story, he was down on one knee in the bathroom with me in the tub. (laughs) Honestly, makes for a great story. Like I I just can see this all going down. It's like very romantic comedy, like, you know, specifically comedy, because I'm sure this isn't how he anticipated it going. But I think it's a really cute story. Okay. The last famous person story I'm going to read because you guys sent in a bunch of also very awesome stories that are not famous. (laughs) So Pink, pop star Pink, who I've always really respected, she gave this amazing speech when she accepted an award one time dedicated to her daughter. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but look it up on YouTube. I don't remember the exact award show or whatever it was, but she's really inspiring, very girl power oriented. So she decided to forego tradition Brides.com says, when she proposed to her cross, motocross racer husband, Hart, herself. So during one of his competitions, she stood on the sidelines with a whiteboard reading, Will You Marry Me? As he raced past, apparently on his second lap around the track, he actually sped right up to Pink and dropped out of the race to kiss her and say, Yes, I assume. Which is really funny. I feel like I actually saw on Instagram, I believe it was like The Knot. I follow The Knot even though like I said, not even close to getting married, but like the idea, like marriage just really makes me feel warm and fuzzy, makes me feel like just following these accounts, I'm like, you know what? I I just like having this like positive mindset kind of instilled in me whenever I read these posts. It almost makes me feel like all the efforts that I'm putting forth are worth it. Like all the annoying, crazy, weird stuff that's happened in my dating history. So yeah, but I saw this one post of this girl in New York City somewhere getting on one knee and proposing to her boyfriend or now fiance. And I was like, you know what? That takes guts. I feel like I... Don't necessarily want to do that personally, but also who the heck knows? I I don't know. I feel like in a lot of movies, that's how it goes down, too. All right. Now I'm going to share some of your stories that you guys wrote in and comment on them. So the first one is a short one, short but sweet. My dad put the engagement ring in the back of his shirt he was wearing and asked my mom for a back rub. So this is really cute. I I'm just wondering, like, how did it stay in the shirt? Did he like lay down? And then I'm picturing him laying on the couch or something like face down and putting the ring in the back. Like, how did that work? How did it stay there? And yeah, I mean, those are all the questions I have. I find this to be a really cute story, to be honest with you. And it's simple. It worked. I just think it's cute all around. Okay, next one. This is a longer one. So She goes, well, it's not exactly funny, but he kneeled down, asked the question and I was shocked. I just stared at the ring and said the tiniest yes and nodded and just started sobbing and cried the entire night. I think I felt so scared to make such a big decision, even though I'm totally in love with him and I want to marry him. And it made me think that we have these expectations on how we slash everyone should react. And honestly, everyone reacts so differently. I saw an influencer talk about a similar situation and I felt so validated. So I think it's important we normalize, not necessarily jumping up and down when you're proposed to. I feel like it's so much pressure. We're all so different. Yeah. Honestly, I always think about my reaction too, because I feel that I'm not one of those people that ever really like jumps up. I can't remember the last time I jumped up and down (laughs) when something happened. Like when I'm excited about something or happy or thrilled or any of those emotions, I find that I really let it sink in. I think about it. I'm a processor. So I think that I would probably just also, sorry, my phone just buzzed. So also just like totally stare at the guy and be like, wait, really? This is happening? Oh my God. It's like almost like that TikTok sound where it's like Michael Scott saying, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) It's like literally what's going to be happening in my head, but I'm also afraid that nothing's going to come out. So, and like I said earlier, I feel like if you are, you should kind of have that feeling that it's going to happen if you're really confident in the relationship. And so you, you kind of like, once it happens, you're like, okay, I'm not super, super, super totally Unbelievably shocked and angry about this or like concerned or confused. I'm just like it it just happened like it's just so Current and happening right now, that I don't know how to react so unless you've like trained yourself how to react Which I feel like even if you've done that you're just like you can't you never know This is just this goes for anything not marriage proposals Strictly, but everything you just truly never know how you're going to react to really anything because you know, when your instincts kick in and like you're, you just, you really can't like predict how you're going to react to literally anything, trauma or positive things. So, all right. The next one I'm going to read my client. I'm a literary agent told me she met her husband working at Gimble's in Manhattan in the sixties. They dated for six weeks. And then he told her I'm too broke to keep dating. So I guess we're going to have to get married. They're together nearly 50 years now and a powerhouse couple in the art world. He's a painter and she was at the Met and the director of the Guggenheim for years. That is, (laughs) that's sweet. I feel like he probably said it like with a joking tone. I think that's sweet. I mean, it's one of those things when you know, you know, it doesn't need to be something super over the top, like flying this person out to Paris and proposing with champagne. I feel like, unless you are one of those, like your significant other should know the right way to propose to you. I feel, I feel strongly towards that. Like the episode of sex in the city, when Aiden, like when Carrie finds the ring that Aiden is going to use to propose to her, like in his gym bag or whatever. And she realizes the ring is just all wrong. I mean, it is revealed at some point that Miranda helped him pick it out. But I feel like she saw the ring. It was all wrong. Then he proposes to her. Spoiler alert. Click off now if you guys don't want to (laughs) know. Sorry. I feel like at this point people have seen it. So he gets down on one knee with his dog, Pete, next to him. Like asks her for a poop bag, literally. And that is how the proposal happens. Like then he gets down on one knee. And Carrie like notoriously has never liked the dog. I just feel like the whole thing was just all wrong. And she said yes because she felt Like, obligated to, or whatever. We always knew that relationship was kind of doomed. Um, But anyway, yeah, I feel like your partner should know how to propose to you and like you should feel like it's perfect in its own way, maybe imperfect. I don't know. This is coming from me, single Katie, just commenting on things that I know nothing about. But okay, next one. This one is quite like a lengthy, really thought out proposal that I really admire. So I, okay, on Monday morning, Tracy got dressed to go to work. Tracy is the partner, kissed me goodbye and left like any other morning. But when I got to work, there he was just chilling at my desk. I didn't really understand what was happening at first, but he told me that he'd already discussed it with my boss and had scheduled for me to have the day off. He took me to breakfast at Hollander Cafe, our favorite from when we lived just a block away. We stopped at all my favorite spots and drove around looking at pretty houses That night, he took me on what felt like the longest drive of my life. I initially thought maybe we were heading to my mom's, then to Twin Lakes to visit the places we used to hang out, then maybe to Lake Geneva. After 45 minutes, I asked him if he was taking me to a faraway forest to murder me. Eventually, I started seeing signs for whitewater, and when we pulled into our friend's movie theater, I finally understood He had planned a private showing of my favorite movie, You've Got Mail, and the signs above the entrance even said our names. Due to technical difficulties, this part's funny. We actually ended up watching Wonder Woman 1984, LMAO, but when we finally walked out of the theater, those same signs now said, Taylor, will you marry me? I have never felt more like I was in a romantic comedy. I'm so thankful. Whatever. The the rest of the post is about... um, her thinking like photographer and whatever. She sent me her Instagram post about it. And oh my God, my heart. Oh, that's so sweet. I bet he was probably freaking out when the uh, when the movie got messed up and you couldn't watch, uh, you got mail. But honestly, so sweet, so heartfelt. And he knew exactly what to do. I love how she still didn't know, like she's in the car, she doesn't know where they're going, like doesn't know. That must've been so exciting, but also like you're on the edge of, like she had to have known like, who just like talks to someone's boss and lets them take the day off if it wasn't for something like huge. Anyway, love this story so much. Okay. Next one, my husband proposed to me 2 days after my wisdom teeth removal and I was still on medication and he did it after we went on a 1.5 mile hike to a lake and I almost didn't make it because I was feeling so sick from my medication. Oh my god. I've been there. I got my wisdom teeth out. I guess what was it? Like sophomore year of high school or something and I felt like a zombie for like a week after that surgery. So, props to you for even like going on a hike. I feel like I would be really pissed if my partner did this only because I uh, am a baby when it comes to like painkillers. And I also don't enjoy, well, okay, I like hiking, but not when I have any sort of pain going on because then that's all I can think about. I can't even like focus on the hike. Anyway, okay, next story. My dad proposed to my mom in a fortune cookie. But my mom insisted on switching cookies with my dad when the waiter brought them out. Oh my God. And she was so insistent that she wanted his, and she ruined the whole proposal. I mean, that's kind of a funny story. I love that. Okay, next one, also hiking forest related. One of my good friends got engaged in the Los Angeles National Forest. So my friend and her boyfriend, husband now, really enjoyed hiking together. Her boyfriend thought it'd be an amazing idea to go off one of the trails to his all-time favorite lookout or overlook, sorry, of L.A. And the proposal went great. She said, yes, they got their picture and the two were overjoyed. They began hiking back down and they got lost. Long story short, my friend stayed behind with her ring on her finger while a search and rescue helicopter had to come down and rescue her. And she was dehydrated. Her boyfriend had made it down, but she was dehydrated and she couldn't make it down herself. Luckily, the two stuck together and have been married for eight years now. Okay. (laughs) That would be my biggest fear ever. Um, But it's a good story. Okay. Here is another one. This one's one of my favorites, actually. So my now husband and I have been together since our senior year of high school, but he proposed through a handful of handwritten letters that he sent me. We did long distance for college, starting our senior year. There was a capital letter in the first word of each letter that spelled out, will you marry me when combined? On the flip side of each letter slash paper, he drew parts of a continuous picture that represented moments in our relationship. So I guess when you flip all of them over, all the pictures kind of connected in like a puzzle sort of thing. So he took me on a walk through a park in our hometown and eventually handed me the final letter that put the whole proposal together and got down on one knee. That is so, so sweet. So well thought out. So perfect. I love this one. 10 out of 10. I once had this guy when I was away at camp for a summer during college, write me letters. Like this guy I'd met, it was actually, I met him freshman year of college and he, this, get this guys, he was a senior and I was a freshman, which felt like the biggest age gap ever at the time. And he was going off into the real world, like graduating and I was going into sophomore year. And for some reason he really just like took a liking to me and wrote me letters the whole time I was away at camp. And it ended up, I don't really know why it fizzled out, I guess, because obviously I was going into my sophomore year and he was going into like a real finance job in New York. And I think we actually tried reconnecting a few years ago. I don't really know where that went, but it was very sweet. Yeah. He took time out of his day. He drew me little pictures and stuff. Wonder where that guy is now. Hmm. His name was Mike. Okay. Anyway, next, next uh, proposal. <laughs> my middle name is Sterling after my great grandma. She initially said no to my grandpa because she had only one leg and couldn't walk down the aisle. They agreed on secretly getting married, and as a wedding gift, my grandpa carved her a wooden leg. He proposed again in front of her family, even though they were already married, and they had the wedding that she wanted. Oh, that gives me, like, full body chills. So sweet. Sterling is also a great name. I'm adding that to my list. Okay, next one. So this is T. I have four guy cousins. One of them was getting married and less than five days away from the big day, another cousin decides to propose. And the first time they saw the whole family after the proposal was at the wedding. Could be an interesting topic. Like, is it okay to do? Would you be okay with that if that was your sibling that just showed up to your wedding and got engaged? Okay. So backing up the, like one of the brothers was having a wedding and the other brother. So her cousins. So essentially it's having like your wedding be the the first time that you're like showing off, like the other guy is showing off his fiance's ring and the engagement and kind of taking away from your big day. That would piss me off. Like, come on guys, wait till like the day after at least like that would really piss me off. I feel like that'd be kind of attention seeking and almost like, I I get that some things like you can't plan, but that would really, I'm thinking about my sister, like if her future husband proposes to her, like before my wedding, I would just, that's just like in poor taste. I guess if it's to happen, like totally fine, just don't announce it until after, you know, I feel like it's, it's all about like announcing it. Like, I feel like you can just keep it to yourself and then say like, oh yeah, it was before the wedding, but we, we didn't want to take away from your special day. That's how I feel like you should do that in non-poor taste. So, okay. Those are the stories I wanted to share a bunch of little cute ones. I just love a nice little story time, warm and fuzzy episode. Hope this was that for you. And you can go on with your day and have some little pep in your step. If you're feeling a little bit down in the dating department, because I, I just like was thinking about it actually, as I was falling asleep last night, which for whatever reason, last night, I just, I like could not fall asleep. I was laying in bed thinking about like the the concept of having even a boyfriend, I'm like, wow, like that could happen to me soon. Like I always just kind of remind myself, like it's one of those things where I just have to keep going, keep my heart open, like not necessarily putting in like so, so, so much effort all the time. If I want to pull back, that's totally fine. But I have to, I have to do it for myself. I owe it to myself to keep my heart relatively open for things that are good for me, not for those things that feel like a chore and for Going on dates when I really feel just like being by myself. That's the opposite of keeping your heart open. I think that that's like forcing yourself and really exhausting yourself in the process. I think that finding love should be something very open, yet you really value yourself and you listen to yourself, you listen to your body, you listen to your soul (laughs) and, and your emotions and know when it's time to pull back. But keeping your heart open to love. Because when you're closed off, like it's very hard for you to even let in like anything that's good for you. So finding the courage to be open hearted, even if you've been hurt. That is what I try to do. Anyway, guys, hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know it's not Valentine's Day, but I thought it'd be cute to do a little lovey-dovey episode. And I will talk to you guys all next Thursday. But I do want to say before we part ways. I do, as you guys know, have a new podcast with my two best friends called Match Made in Manhattan. Definitely, if you guys want more of me or just more things to listen to, if you guys are exhausted by your current podcast, definitely check it out. It's a super honest conversational podcast about making matches in Manhattan crazy, right? (laughs) It's about relationships, those with, you know, a significant other, those with your friends, those with yourself. Our latest episode, we talked about how to make friends in a city, which was really awesome. So check it out. Just type in match made in Manhattan on any, or I guess Spotify and Apple podcasts. As of now, we're working on getting it on more platforms or just go to my Instagram bio and click on match Made in Manhattan there. And you guys can get the link from that. So check it out. And I will talk to you guys all next Thursday. Bye.